food security and food safety is something we have likely all been thinking about during this COVID pandemic. Food costs in the grocery store are going up and people are unemployed or underemployed. Many people are working from home, sheltering at home, or choosing to isolate. Staying the blazes home is something we have all been trying to practice. Maybe we have a bit more time on our hands to try and grow some of our own food. But where do we start? That's our topic today on the Community HealthCast, brought to you by Queen's Community Health Board. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Radall, and I've been with the Community Health Board for the last three years. And I'm very happy to be a part of this great group of people who are working to improve the health of our community. And one of the people that have really helped me with my understanding of what makes a community healthy is my trusty sidekick today, Elizabeth Bailey. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, Deborah. How are you today? I'm pretty excited to talk about this topic we're going to talk about today. Me too. You know I love to garden, and I know you love to garden. I do. One of the reasons we decided to do a podcast on gardening is because food security is one of our community health plan priorities. We'll be talking more about our community health plan in an upcoming episode, but for now, let me just tell you that every few years, the community health boards do extensive consultations with individuals and community groups in our communities to find out what you, the people, think are the most important issues that community health boards can address. And then the priorities that you help us identify guide our work. Under our current community health plan, those priorities are food security, affordable housing, community connections, and recreation and wellness. Gardening speaks to three of those priorities, food security, community connections, and recreation and wellness. And you know, whether you're an experienced gardener or a beginner, we all have questions and we can all learn new things. Well, our first guest today is from Caledonia in North Queens, and she has over 10 years of vegetable gardening experience. Welcome to the Community HealthCast, Jen. Thank you so much, Deb, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm super excited to have you here, too, because you told us that you're still learning new ways to garden every single year after all this time. So let's, let's kind of try to start at the beginning, Jen, and, and let's say that I've never put a garden in before. Where should I start? When we're starting a garden, you know, we're thinking, we're thinking ahead. We're thinking plants. We're thinking our flowers. What we really need to think is location. Location is so important because where you imagine this fabulous vegetable garden going might not be where it needs to go. It's best to kind of watch your garden, watch your yard, see where the sun is shining during the day. Most vegetable plants are going to need six to eight hours a day of direct sunlight, preferably morning but direct sunlight to produce. Oh, well, that's really good advice because you wouldn't want to go in and prepare the, prepare all the soil in an area where your plants are not going to grow right. (laughs) What about things like container planting? 
Container plants are a fabulous way to get into gardening when maybe you don't have a giant plot to put in plants. Okay. Not everything is going to grow super amazing giant tomatoes or watermelons, but in a container garden situation, you can still grow amazing things. You can grow your lettuce. You can grow your salad mix. Never discount the value of herbs. You can have your herbs in there. And you know, if you've got a good-sized pot, you can totally put a tomato in there. And no tomato sandwich is going to taste better than any tomato that came off of that container garden plant. I agree 100% with what you just said. Nothing tastes as good as what you plant yourself. Jen, I've heard you have um, some kids. I do have some kids. (laughs) In fact, I hear you have a whole bunch of kids. How many kids do you have? Um, We have seven kids. Seven kids. Well, no wonder you do a lot of gardening to feed those seven kids. It's a sanity break. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get them to help in the gardening? Not all of my kids love gardening, but about half of my kids do love gardening. They will get out there and they will, they're interested in picking their own seeds. They're circling the listings in the catalog every year. Some of them do. Yes. Oh, so what do you think is the best part of gardening with kids? Kids have this amazing sense of wonder that maybe as adults, we don't have or we don't appreciate but if you give a child a package of seeds and they put them in the soil and a few days later a few weeks later they come back and here's these little plant babies they're just in awe it's amazing to them I just think that kids when they grow their own stuff it's like when they cook their own stuff they may be more apt to eat it absolutely we have found that exact thing if you involve your kids in your food and in growing your food maybe they're not super vegetable kids but you know there's options out there we often for our kids are growing cosmic carrots or cheddar cauliflower or black tomatoes it gives them interest it gives them a sense of ownership and maybe they will try them because they grew them which is awesome yeah that's great it's good it's never too early for kids to learn the benefit of finding out where food comes from is it never it's amazing how often kids don't know where their food comes from and I think as humans, the whole seed, plant, food cycle is super important for children to know. Yeah, I agree, particularly when they're the ones that are going to be taking these traditions forward. Now, in North Queens, you guys have community gardens out there? We have a brand new community garden at the North Queens Community School. It was there a couple of years ago that was used for the students itself. It was used in the cafeteria and for their FST program. But this year we have received a wellness grant to expand that. And now we are able to bring families in to work on it certain weeks during the summer this year. And they will be able to harvest the bounty, decide where their harvest goes, and otherwise just get in the soil with their families. That's a nice option if you don't have space and you want to do a little bit more than a container garden or if you want to work cooperatively in your community. Absolutely. Um, Since we are in a pandemic, what would you say we needed to be careful of if we're going to use a community garden? Um, Gardening in general, luckily for us, is a fairly safe social distancing activity. We can do it by ourselves, but we can still do it with our families at a distance. Luckily, most community gardens are raised beds. 
particularly in North Queens. So you have the ability to work and weed and harvest at a safe distance. Well, that's really good to know. And having some of those raised beds is probably good for um, some of our seniors or people with mobility concerns to Uh be able to do some gardening too. Absolutely. Actually, we have a seniors building located just down the street from North Queens, who we hope will feel that they can come and be involved in the caring and the harvesting. And that will make it much more accessible to a wide range of folks who want to get in there and they want to grow and they want to play in the dirt. Okay, so Jen, the community garden. I have a couple questions I want to ask you about it. Number one, does it have a name? And number two, who all helped fund that? Right now we are, I believe, calling it the North Queens Community Garden. Don't hold me to that. That could be wrong. And we were fortunate enough that we did have a garden to begin with in previous years. But this year we were able to expand it to the community courtesy of the Nova Scotia Health Authority Wellness Grant. We are doing it in conjunction with the Mercy Tobiatic Research Institute in Camp. And we have teamed up with the Community Food Resource Network in Caledonia that's brand new in order to grow and harvest things that we can donate to their endeavor. That is exciting. Now, if somebody wants to be a part of the community garden, how do they get in contact with you? This particular community garden um, is you volunteer for a week during the summer or two weeks or three weeks to help out with the maintenance and the harvesting. And right now the contact is with Nicole Hubley of the Mersey Tobiatic Research Institute. Now, Jen, the Nova Scotia Health Authority's wellness grant, which we as a community health board help to administer, um, we're pretty excited to be a part of the community garden because it is an important part of contributing to the health of our community of Queens. Some people are intimidated to even get started with the gardening thing. The fear of gardening and failing at gardening and having these little brown plants is real. Don't discount it. But honestly, please, if the fear of failure is what is stopping you from getting out there and the thought of planting or having a garden brings you joy, You owe it to yourself to give it a try. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be expensive. A few cherry tomatoes in a pot or a window box of lettuce is plenty. And I promise you, no salad will ever taste better. And if this year wasn't a fail, bonus. Next year, if you're comfortable, you can grow even more. It's baby steps. So, Jen, what would you like to say as your parting words today? My parting words would be, don't discount the value of herbs. Herbs will add so much value to every meal you make for the rest of the summer. You will never, ever regret planting herbs. What do you grow for herbs? We grow a lot of rosemary and basil and oregano. And we just go out there and we cut them with our scissors and they go in everything we eat all summer long. That was so interesting. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jen. It's great to hear your experience. And did we mention that Jen is joining the Community Health Board? Really? Lucky us. Lucky us. Lucky me. So excited. 
I am so pleased to have Mary White joining us along with Jen. Mary has so much gardening experience, I don't even know where to start. So I'm going to let her do it. Mary, tell us a little bit about your gardening experience, if you will. I sure will. Most of my gardening experience is just trial and error. From I'm an amateur gardener. I don't have any education or anything like that, but I have been uh, gardening most of my life in some form or another. Where should people, if they, if they don't know about gardening, how do they get started with gardening in our climate? Well, it's funny that you mentioned climate because actually in Queens County, we have uh, one of the best gardening zones that there is in Canada. So what? most Queens County is either uh, zone 6A or 6B. And I should quickly explain, if you don't know already, that the zones, the higher the number on the zone, the warmer the zone is. Okay, we're almost in summer. It's almost, it's June. Um, let's talk about when things should be planted. Um, are people too late to start their garden now, Mary? Not at all. The difference is, is that some things you should start much earlier from seeds uh, and then transplant them out because they're sort of a tender perennial. Well, as other things, you can start the seeds directly in the garden around now or even later in some cases, or, you know, you could have earlier if you did. And uh, there's still lots of time for that. If you could give us a couple of examples of some of the things you know, the simple sort of basic things that people could start from seed now. And also maybe where could they get some transplants or seedlings if they didn't have a chance to do it from seed themselves? Because we would have probably had to start in March, wouldn't we? Yeah, for some things like tomatoes, yes, definitely. The earlier you get the seeds started, the, the better off you are. There are still some seeds that you could probably start today and you would still get some tomatoes from. But I would suggest that you, you do transplants for things like that. Yeah. So I can break the plants down into two sort of categories, which I like to call cool weather crops and tender perennials. Okay. So cool weather crops are things that you can start now while the weather is still very cool. And those are like uh, peas, uh, radishes, potatoes, um, carrots, that sort of things. Still lots of time to just go outside and put a seed in the garden and up she comes. The tender perennials, you still are a little bit early because there's still a slight chance of frost. Um, and if you look on uh, sites like Farmer's Almanac, it'll tell you when the last frost date is. I usually go by whenever the new moon in June is. I like to plant things that are tender perennials after that. And those would be tomatoes and cucumbers, beans, beets. Some of them can still be planted by seed directly. And some of them you would have to go out and buy transplants at nurseries, at garden sales. Normally, with, if we didn't have COVID-19, you know, if you drove around, you'd see them on the side of the road or you'd go to Kijiji and they'd be free or, you know, very cheap transplants. But now you have to uh, really go to a nursery and pick things up. Canadian Tire, um, you know, Village Nursery. We have some local nurseries here. Spencer's I was at yesterday in, in Shelburne. So you still have the option to plant literally everything at this point. We have been gardening meaning cultivating plants 
for many thousands of years before we had all of the machinery and all of the expensive things that we now have. And it's a very simple process in most cases. You need soil, you need nutrients, you need water, you know, uh, you need sunlight. What is the best advice you can give to people who are gardening on a budget? So if you're on a budget, it's cheaper to grow it than it is to buy it. So how can you help your budget better than that? Secondly, again, besides the seeds, which you can save or maybe trade for or something like that, there's also seed banks and a few other places to get them. Um, Maybe some soil if you don't have it. So that's a couple of dollars for sure. Uh, And water is free. And just about everything else you need to start a garden is something you would throw out. Okay, so containers you throw out, you know, you can cut the top off of a two-liter pop bottle, and you can grow a bean in that if you want to. Um, egg, egg, Eggshells, coffee grounds, all that kind of stuff. There's compost, seaweed. We live on the coast. All of that is what the plant needs for nutrients. So you don't need to go buy fancy nutrients or anything like that. So gardening is something that I think of as almost free. But we still want to think about what are the best kinds of in your opinion, the best kind of veggies to plant for the most nutritional success in your gardening space. So maybe like five or six vegetables that you would recommend. With the exception of potatoes, white potatoes, I think that the most nutritional value that you'll get from your garden, and I'm going to break that record again, is to grow what you like to eat. So things like spinach takes like 65 days. So you can probably get three crops of spinach, you know, eat it, plant it again, that sort of thing, right? Peas, you know, you'll get a couple of crops of those if you continue to plant. So that doubles up on how much nutrients you'll get. There are other crops where you can eat the entire plant and double up on your nutrients that way, like beets. You'll eat the greens as you thin them and whatnot, and you'll eat the roots as well later on in in the uh, season. The other thing is that there are also plants like lettuce or uh, Swiss chard where you can keep picking and they keep coming back. So again, you're probably getting a better bang for your buck with those types of plants. I think that everybody should just try, just put a seed in the ground and see what happens. Water it a little bit. You know, you, you may not be the best gardener the first year, but you'll get better at it. Something will grow if you try. Mary, I'm really happy that you were able to join us in our gardening podcast. And I hope that uh, if we decide to do a follow-up, you'll come back and chat some more. For sure. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Everything. You're very welcome. To learn more about how to garden in Nova Scotia, we recommend the following resources. As Mary mentioned, you can learn about planting and harvesting dates from the Farmer's Almanac. And that information is available at www.almanac.com. The Facebook group East Coast Gardening is also a great resource and free to join. There are also lots of great gardening books and resources at your local public library. Thanks for listening and have a great time gardening. On the next Community HealthCast, I will ask our guests, what do we do for recreation activities with our families this summer when there are so many restrictions due to COVID-19? School's out for summer. 
Tune in next Monday and join the conversation.